Praise the Lord. We are grateful for Overflow Dance Ministry and how they minister to us in the dance. God bless you folks. Well, I um, want to just begin my sermon, first of all, by saying Happy Easter or Happy Resurrection Morning. It is good to be in the presence of the Lord and it's good to be in the presence of each other. Remember, the cross is both vertical and horizontal. Vertical meaning my relationship with God, but horizontal meaning that our relationship with each other. Well, let's get to the word. Mark chapter 16, verses 2 through 11. Skipping some verses. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they, that is Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Praise the Lord. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, watch this, including Peter that Jesus has gone ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Verse 11, I mean, verse 10. She, Mary Magdalene, went to disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. I want to speak to you on the subject I'm included. Turn to the person next to you and tell them I'm included. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray right now that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of men's wisdom. But as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, let it be with demonstration of spirit and power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of man or Brian Green but in the power of God. I also borrow the prayer of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of our calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that are in us from Christ Jesus. And we ask you, Lord, that you would do all things. Help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power in us who believe. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that now resides in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to remind you to please remember 
uh, give us some of your emojis on the chat. Amen? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus lets me know that I'm included. I am impressed that Jesus singles out Peter when it comes to the first words he declares after being resurrected uh, to human beings. He tells Mary, go tell my disciples, my apostles that I'm alive, but also include Peter. Why include Peter? Peter was the one who Jesus basically said, he, he got the revelation of who Jesus was. When Jesus asked in Matthew chapter 16, who do men say that I am? And, G, and Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus was very impressed by Peter's revelation. And he basically says, no, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. And he, he was saying, Peter, you're my guy. Uh, upon this rock, I will, I'm, I'm changing your name from Simon, which means listen, to Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so he's basically saying, Peter, you're going to be my leader. You're going to be my guy. And so Peter is always, when, when Jesus is listing and talking about um, his disciples, there were the 12 and then there were his intimate friends, which were the three. And Peter was always mentioned first, Peter, James, and John. He's always mentioned first. So Peter is, is Jesus' guy. And yet, and yet, the, the evening that Jesus was going to be betrayed, Jesus says to Peter, before the alarm clock goes off in the morning, you're going to deny, not exactly alarm clock, but the rooster's going to crow. And when the rooster crows, before it even crows, you're going to deny me not once, not twice, but you're going to deny knowing that you even know me three times. And Peter was like, no way. There's no way I'm going to do that. But Jesus said, Peter, uh, you're going to fail me. You're, you're going to deny me. When I look at failure, and many of us have experienced failure, uh, but I remember uh, somebody saying to me, failure is not fatal. And sometimes you make a, a mistake, and sometimes mistakes have great consequences, but it's not failure. It's not, it's not fatal. It's not going to end in total destruction as long as you get back up. The Bible says the righteous man falls seven times. That means he got back up at least six. The word failure means this. I, like, I love this definition. It means an action, not a lifestyle. An action that proves to be unsuccessful. An action that pr proves to be unsuccessful. Failure means lack of success. Means a condition of being bankrupt. It means loss or actually being like considered a loser. Failure means defeat. Failure means to bungle. Failure means a misstep. Failure means to collapse. And when Peter denied knowing Jesus, even to a little girl, he 
had a total collapse of character. And Peter was grieved. Peter wept. Peter was like, I let Jesus down. He, he had all this confidence in me, and I blew it. And many of you right now, you have entered into another Easter season, and you feel like you blew it. You feel like your life has just been a total collapse, especially with this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. You're like, my finances have collapsed. My job has collapsed. My health has collapsed. But I want to let you know that Jesus has included you. Thank you, Lord. He says to Peter, basically with that statement to Mary when he says, go tell my disciples that I'm risen and make sure you tell Peter because I know how Peter feels. The fact that he actually denied knowing me. So make sure you tell him that he's still my guy. And Jesus goes on in the future as he finally meets uh, his disciples who doubted that he was even alive. When he meets them, he tells Peter, you're still my guy. In John chapter 21, read it for yourself. When Peter, when Jesus asked Peter, uh, do you love me? And three times he asked Peter, do you love me? The same number of times that Peter denied him. Jesus was basically saying, Peter, I know you messed up. I know you failed, but you're still my guy. And, and of course, when many of you may know that in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, on the day of Pentecost, Peter rises up as the spokesman for Jesus Christ when it came to declaring that Jesus Christ is alive. I'm so glad that even when we mess up, Jesus says, our failure is not fatal that you're still my guy, you're still my gal, you're still my brother, you're still my sister. There's still hope because I trust in myself and my ability to resurrect you from loss. Can you say praise the Lord? Can you lift up both hands through that emoji and praise the Lord? Then when you made your greatest mistakes, Jesus says, don't worry, your failure is not fatal. The word include, I, I, I love that word include. And the word include means to build. The word include means to not abandon. The word include means to receive. Um, I, I'm really glad that, that when I mess up, Jesus does not abandon me. As a matter of fact, one of the words that Jesus says to his disciples after he after he's risen from the dead and and just before he's ascended into heaven even though they'll never see him physically again he says to them and lo i am with you always even to the end of the age meaning that i'm never going to abandon you i'm always going to be with you Jesus is always including us. Every day, Jesus is building me and you into not a better person. Let's erase that. God is not trying to make us a better person. The Holy Spirit's goal, 
the Holy Spirit's uh, job is that he is trying to make us and conform us and build us into the image of Jesus. And you find this in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. That's what he's trying to do. The apostle Paul prays in the book of Galatians where he says, my prayer is that Christ be formed in you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus can resurrect me from my failure. But one of the most painful words for me is when we feel like we've been excluded. The word exclude means to decrease, to be demoted. Peter is listed as the number one apostle. Peter is listed as the one that Jesus says, you're going to be like the leader, the, the, the senior pastor of my church. And, and Jesus says, no, you're my guy. But after he failed, after he denied Jesus three times, I imagine he said, man, I blew it and I'm going to be demoted. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm including you. But the word exclude means to decrease, to be demoted, to be kept out to be shut out, to be removed. It means to be counted out. Oh, my goodness. How many of you have been counted out, and yet Jesus came back to count you back in? Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You were down for the eighth count, and everybody said, you're knocked out, you're done, but Jesus got you back up. Come on, give him some praise right now. Give him some praise. He has the ability to resurrect not only your life, but resurrect your purpose. I love the fact that Jesus has made, he's accounted for my mistakes, my failures, and, he, and, he, and he's accounted for them and still said, I'm going to bring you to the place where you fulfill my purpose. The word exclude means to get rid of. And some of you, you've been tossed out of relationships, tossed out of a marriage. You felt like your husband, former husband, a former wife, like just got rid of you. A, a close friend, a person who you grew up with, a person who you were close with, a person who was like a brother, like a sister, and all of a sudden something went wrong with the relationship and you felt like you'd been excluded. You felt like you'd just been gotten rid of like, like Monday morning trash. This word exclude means to be forced out. There's some relationships, there's some things, even as we are all being subject to this corona uh, pandemic. And some of us, sadly, are being forced out of our jobs, forced out of work. Oh, yes, that's being ex excluded. Sometimes this word exclude also means to be rejected. Oh, Jesus knows what it feels like to be rejected. Last Sunday, Palm Sunday, it's Hosanna, rescue us. We want you, king. You are the king of the Jews. And four or five days later, they're saying, kill him, crucify him, get rid of him. They rejected him. This word, exclude, sometimes simply means to drop. Many times you'll hear, 
this word drop in a positive manner where somebody says, yeah, I just dropped a, 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 a CD or I just dropped my album. That's a good drop. No, this isn't a good drop. This is when people just drop you. They exclude you. They get rid of you. It is a painful thing to be excluded. It is a painful thing to be dropped. It is a painful thing to be removed. It's, it's a painful thing. In 1970, the Boston Bruins, uh, they won the first Stanley Cup in probably about, oh, 40 years. And some of us remember, and you can Google it, that iconic picture of Bobby Orr uh, be scoring a winning goal and diving across a, the net for his final score. And uh, that was 50 years ago. I remember as an 11-year-old, and uh, that means, you know, you, you can save the math, the math. Uh, 11 plus 50 equals 61. So, yeah, I'm 61. Uh, and tell somebody he doesn't look that old. Come on, tell him he doesn't look that old. Okay. Um, and I remember as a child growing up in Boston, and some of you are old enough to remember this, uh, street hockey became a great sport. A, a street hockey, for those of you who are not aware of street hockey, um, street hockey was hockey without skates. And hockey without a puck and hockey without uh, ice. You, you played on the street and everybody uh, would have their uh, hockey sticks and they uh, would have a plastic edge uh, so that they can play hockey on the streets. And, and I remember uh, me being a good athlete, uh, I was a real good uh, street hockey player. And I remember I used to play defense, had a real good shot. And I remember uh, as an 11-year-old, uh, my dream was, man, maybe someday I'll get to play ice hockey once. I wasn't a good skater. I could skate, but I wasn't a good skater. But, you know, hey, a dream just to play hockey on ice just once. And so I remember uh, uh, a bunch of kids who I used to play street hockey with, and I, I was good. I was actually an all-star uh, as a kid, a real good athlete, and so I played street hockey with a bunch of kids, and I remember uh, they said, hey, Brian, uh, we're all renting uh, the Somerville Skating Rink, and we're, we're going to rent it. Everybody chips in about $3 a piece, which was you know, fairly big money back then, and we're going to we're going to rent it for an hour, and we're going to all play ice hockey. And I was really excited, like, wow, we're going to play some ice hockey for the first time. I'm going to be like Bobby Orr or, or McKenzie or Derek uh, uh, Sanderson or all, all of these great hockey players on the bro. I'm going to, you know how it is. You would, you, you would play a sport like in basketball. People would say, hey, I'm Michael Jordan. Or people would say, now I'm LeBron James. Or they, or they would step outside the three-point line and now to say I'm Steph Curry or whoever or Zion Williams or whoever your favorite athlete is a child would say oh I'm this person now of course back then there wasn't 
there wasn't any uh, black hockey players, but it didn't matter because I was from Boston and the Boston Bruins just won the Stanley Cup, so I'll be whoever I want to be. And so I remember I could hardly wait, had my skates ready and had my hockey stick ready. And uh, the following, about two mornings from that moment, I was going to play hockey on ice. And I remember getting a call from my friend and my friend saying, Brian, um, uh, we, we discovered that we had uh, too many people and so uh, you, you can't come to play ice hockey with us. You know, we're sorry, uh, we just have too many people and so uh, you're not gonna be able to play. I felt rejected. I felt dropped. I felt gotten rid of. I was the odd man out. How did I know I was the odd man out? Not simply because they told me I couldn't come, but I was the only African-American. Oh, I mean, no. My black friends weren't playing hockey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 that was a painful moment. You know why I know it was a painful moment? Because 50 years later, I can still remember how I felt when they called me up, my friends who just dropped me. What is interesting is Jesus said, tell Peter that I've gone ahead of you, that, I, that I've gone ahead of you. And I'm gonna meet you where you're heading. As painful as that was, I look back on that and realize that, that that painful experience of being excluded made me a better pastor. Who, who would have thought that hockey would have been one of the things that caused me to understand that we're living in a day where people feel excluded, people feel locked out, whether it's be because they're black or because they're white or because uh, they're not from this country, especially in this day and age, or, 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 or whoever they are, English is not their first language, or whoever you are, you feel excluded, you feel gotten rid of, you feel like, like you are a, a loser. And I want to let you know that Jesus, he didn't exclude you. I would have handled that stick without the gloves, but I know some of you germaphobes out there, you'd been, <laughs> you would have said, I can't listen to this message anymore because he has his hands all over that dirty stick. So that's what I did that for you. <laughs> oh my, feeling excluded, the pain of being excluded. I want to give you one more definition of the word include. The word include, the etymology of the word include is quite fascinating. It means to make a part of, but it also means to embrace. Mm. Oh, yes. When Jesus includes you, he 
embraces you. I, I found this word fascinating, especially in the season that we're in, that we, we as a state, Massachusetts, oh, we're about to enter in this week into the most challenging week statistically when it comes to uh, deaths of the, uh, from those, for, for those who uh, have gotten the uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 disease virus. And so when, we, when we're coming into this week, it could be quite frightening, quite challenging. And some of you are full of anxiety, but I want to comfort you with this. The Bible always has an answer. There's this man, it's only three chapters, read it. I think it will encourage you. There's this prophet named Habakkuk. And in chapter one, he is complaining about the injustice that's taken place in Israel. Israel at this time is separated into two countries. There's Israel and there's Judah. And he's complaining about the injustice that's taken place in Israel. And, and God says to him in chapter one, I'm about to do something that is so out of, out of the ordinary. Uh, I'm going to do something, let me borrow a modern vernacular, that's so out of the box, something that you've never seen before, that when I do it, you're going to say, this is crazy. So God tells, uh, tells Habakkuk what he's about to do. I'm not even going to tell you because I want you to read it for yourself. Get in the word and stay there. <laughs> and so when God tells the prophet, he says, this is crazy. I don't believe it. How can you possibly do this? This makes no sense to me. If you are, if you are truly a God who is holy, how can you do it this way? And verse 2, he, chapter 2, read it for yourself. He, he is so alarmed that he says, I am going to stand upon my watch and I'm going to uh, watch, meaning the watchtower like I talked about. And he says, I'm going to watch to see what you say and how I'm going to respond. And then in verse 4 of chapter 2, one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible, which even Paul quotes, and it's also quoted in Hebrews, he, he says, the just shall live by his faith. In other words, Habakkuk says, okay, this doesn't make sense, but I have faith that you're doing what's right. The word, as I told you, the etymology of the word include means to embrace. Habakkuk, his name in Hebrew literally means to embrace. In other words, what God is saying is that if you want to be included in what I'm doing, you're going to have to learn, Brian, you're going to have to learn how to, watch this, embrace my plan, mm, even if you don't understand it. Oh, when we sing that song, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Embrace the plan of God. As crazy as this is, this season is, this social distancing, and you're saying, God, how can you allow this to happen? I don't understand it. God is saying, embrace 
my plan. Embrace my plan. Because Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, all things work together for good. No, it doesn't say that. It starts out with three words that we keep forgetting. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, who them who are, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, you may be wondering, please read Habakkuk. It's only three chapters. After he embraces in his attitude and in his heart God's plan, Mm, my God, have mercy. Read chapter 3. He basically says, no matter what disaster happens, he says, even if nothing blooms in the spring, even if there's no harvest in the fall, he says, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. See, that's a person who knows how to embrace and include the plan of God for his life. So no matter how bad this week gets, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Rejoice in the Lord. No, sorry. It says, In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. But yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. I will quote also Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The word rejoice, re meaning back, and joyce meaning joy. Go back to joy. Keep going back to joy. Keep going back to joy. Why? Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you're going to make it through next week, you don't need CNN. You don't need ABC. You don't need NBC. What you need is G-O-D. Somebody say amen. Come on, give him praise right there. Come on, let's clap your hands and bless the Lord. Clap your hands and bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You include me in your plan. You include me in your plan. Jesus wants you to know that he's gone ahead of you. That's what he said in Mark chapter 16, verse 7. I've gone ahead of you. Jeremiah chapter 29. We always talk about I know the plans that I have for you. But again, Jeremiah chapter 29, start at the fourth verse where God says you're going to be, Jeremiah the prophet says you're going to be in Babylon. You're going to be locked, you're going to be held captive into Babylon for 70 years. Did you know that the word Babylon literally means confusion? And right now some of you feel like you're stuck in confusion, but God says I'm going to come and get you out after those 70 years. I'm going to get you out. Verse 11, because I know the plan. I have for you to give you to an ex to bring you back to bring you to an expected end. I'm bringing. Mm, thank you, Jesus. I'm bringing you from Babylon, which means confusing, to Jerusalem, which means the pit, the city of peace, the city of shalom. I'm gonna bring you out of confusion, and I'm gonna bring you into peace. First Corinthians chapter 14, around the 33rd verse, it says, God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. He's not the author of all this crazy stuff that's happening, but he'll give you peace in the midst of the storm. Oh yeah, there's a storm coming, but if Jesus is sleeping, you need to go to sleep as well. Oh, that's a good word right there. Lord have mercy. You may say, how can I trust that how can I trust that God is going to bring me through? Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, he says, I am, the, I am the Lord thy God, and I don't change. Oh, yes, I don't change. Hebrews chapter 3, 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And you would say, what's the big deal about that scripture? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't, that's why, and I, and I really make a big plug for our Bible class because sometimes we quote these scriptures and don't understand the context of it because the writer of Hebrews is writing to Jews who are being persecuted, not only simply because they're Jews, they get the double whammy, they're being persecuted because they're, Jew, because they're Jewish people, Roman Empire during that time, but they're also being uh, 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 challenged and persecuted because they are Christian Jews, meaning that they believe in Jesus as the Messiah. So that's a double whammy. And the writer is writing to them. So he says things like, hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering because God is faithful uh, who promised. And in chapter 12, he says, look unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, who, who, who for, the, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. The, the, the whole book of Hebrews is about people who are being persecuted. And he says, in the midst of the storm, in the midst that all you're going through, Jesus is still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And then he goes on in verse 13, verse 15 of chapter 13. He says, therefore, let us offer unto God our praise. And that is our praise is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah. No matter how bad this week gets, no matter how bad this week gets, God is on his throne. And I like what Elder Nita said during our, during our uh, eldership prayer. He's not still on his throne. He's on his throne, meaning he's never left. That's a bad word right there. He's never left. I want to end with this. Like some of you, I was raised in a church before we got all uh, contemporary. Nothing wrong with that. But as a child, I was raised in a church that sang a lot of hymns. And one of the hymns that we sang, it actually was, sounded kind of corny to me as a kid. But the older I get, I, the more I appreciate it. It's a hymn that was written back in 1909 by Johnson Oatman, Jr. And some of you who were raised in hymns, you, you'll recognize it. And now I've gotten a greater appreciation of this hymn. The hymn is called, Jesus Included Me. And the writer says, I am so happy in Christ today that I go singing along my way. Yes, I'm so happy to know and say, Jesus included me too. Jesus included me. Yes, he included me. When the Lord said, whosoever, he included me. If, if you're out there, I, I know this is kind of crazy, but I'm, uh, you know, I want to just... I want to just end with this hymn, and I'm trusting that it will, it will bless you. Some of you know, just sing it with me. 
Uh, let's start with the verse. I am so happy in Christ today that I go singing along my way. Yes, I'm so happy to know and say Jesus included me too. Jesus included me. Yes, he included me. When the Lord said whosoever, he included me. Oh, Jesus included me. Oh, yes, he included me. When the Lord said whosoever, he included me. Can you sing that verse with me one more time? The chorus. And I, I, I remember when as a, as a child, when they got to that part, when the Lord said whosoever, and, and, and they would hold that part, and the saints would rejoice because they remember that, as, especially as, 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 as uh, West Indian immigrants, when you're living in a, in, a, in a country that really doesn't like you, that you know that Jesus includes you, that no matter where you are, you are part of the kingdom of God. Now I know why they held that note. Come on, sing with me. Jesus included me. Yes, he included me. When the Lord said whosoever, he included me. Oh, Jesus included me. Yes, he included me. Are you ready? When the Lord said whosoever, he included me. Come on, bless the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for including us. Thank you, Lord, no matter how downtrodden we are, no matter how much of a wreck our lives is, Jesus, you will never get rid of us. Your reckless love will pursue us. Thank you, Jesus. Your reckless love will pursue us. There's no mountain, no wall coming after. You're coming after me just like you came after Peter. No matter if I'm not the smartest, I'm not the best looking, I'm not the most creative, no. you'll still include me. Hallelujah. No matter how many people make fun of me, you'll still include me. No matter who doesn't want me, who won't pick me for their team, you'll still include me. You will still receive me.
as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, maybe you feel excluded. But I cannot believe after the illustrations I gave you, if, if Jesus can include Peter, who denied knowing him three times, three strikes and you're out, but not in Jesus' book. This is not baseball, it's the gospel. Jesus wants to come into your life. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you never received Jesus Christ as your savior, if you never asked him to come into your life, you can do it right now. Just simply say to the Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, that I don't know you, that I have not received you in my life, or I once received you in my life, but I've been doing my own thing, but I'm coming back to you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for being buried because you were buried. When you were buried, you took my sins and you buried my sins with yourself. And you rose again from the grave so that I could become a child of God. And so Jesus, now that you're alive, come into my life, save me from my sin and make me a child of God. If you pray that prayer, he will come into your life and you'll be a child of God and you'll be saved. So that pray that prayer with me, Jesus, come into my heart, save me from my sin, and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for this gift of Easter, of Resurrection Sunday. You gave me the gift of salvation. I received that gift, and now I give you the gift of my life. Amen. Now, before... I want to uh, close out with this blessing. As you know, I usually give a closing blessing. If you, if you are new to our live stream, uh, I don't end services with a prayer. I end with a blessing. And usually I give a blessing that's found in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. But with what we're being challenged with, this week uh, in this country, the, uh, the COVID-19 COVID disease uh, is about to peak in all parts of the United States this week. And so I want to bless you with a different blessing for your mind, for your mind, for your mind. Paul says, while he's in jail, while he's in jail, he's not writing this from the Sheraton or the Hilton. He's not writing this from the Bahamas. He's writing this from prison. He says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing. Don't be worried about anything. But with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God and the, the peace of God will guide your, your mind, guide your heart and guard your mind. The peace of God will, will guide your thoughts, your heart. And then he says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. This is what I'm going to bless you with. Today, I bless you to continually think on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of respect. I bless you to think continually on whatever is right bless you to continually think on whatever is 
confirmed by the word of God. I bless you to continue to think on what is pure, what is wholesome, what is lovely. I bless you to continually think on what brings you the peace and the shalom of God. I bless you to be able to think on what is able to be admired, what is of good, or that is God report, whatever is excellent. I bless you to think on whatever is worthy of praise. I bless you to think continually on whatever centers your mind and implants your heart in Christ alone. I bless you in the name and the reputation of Jesus. And everybody say, I receive the blessing of you.